welcome to episode 134 of The Winning Agenda. Tonight, our panelists include Wilfred E. Harig, our lovable Byroid himself, and we have actually a very special guest this week. So, we have Max Williams here from the US, transported to your ears through the magic of the internet, who is actually a three-time 2017 Regionals Top 8 competitor. Would you say that's an accurate way to describe yourself, Max? Yeah, I would. I also got Top 16 at US Nationals, so I'll throw that in there. How is everything going tonight? Uh, It's going pretty well. How about for yourself? Yeah, things are going great, actually. I figured we could just record an episode since, actually, you've been keeping the Winning Agenda Patreon community sort of afloat, given that you post in it regularly every time you play a tournament and how that goes. And we sort of noticed, me and Jesse, that you've been doing quite well over this season especially. And so we figured, why not have you on to talk about it? Unfortunately, Jesse's sort of been eaten by the magic of the internet again. He has He is absent today, but... We will make do without him. Uh, we'll just have to imagine his dulcet tones in our ears, won't we, Max? Yes, we will. Uh, you know, I, I've heard enough of him at this point on all the other episodes that I could do a pretty good uh, imagination, I think. Yeah. Well, in fact, we could have you just play both roles, but that might get a bit confusing, so we'll save the listeners from that. All right. So, firstly, I just wanted to get some background on yourself, Max. So you've been quite a big presence in the competitive scene for a while, Um, at least I think ever since we started making the podcast and started to really delve into that space, especially in terms of getting to know the people from the US and the UK, your name seemed to pop up a lot and you were fairly active in that space. Do you want to tell us a bit about your Netrunner background? Sure. Uh, I got started in Netrunner towards the end of the second cycle, but I didn't really start playing competitively until around the Sand Sand cycle. Uh, and competitively, I mean, I, I went to some store champs and, like, got smoked and all that, and, you know, like, top 16 to regional, and, like, that was, that was my record that year. Uh, but... Then I started playing more. I went to Worlds 2015, was my first big tournament. Uh, I managed to get into the top 64 playing Wayland, Blue Sun, and Edward Kim, which I consider relatively impressive. Um, and from there, like, I've mainly become known for playing Wayland in competitive tournaments. I've taken Blue Sun and Argus to many tournaments throughout the season. Last year's regionals, I got top eight with Argus two times, I believe, uh, including getting a third place finish with it. Uh, I took Argus to Gen Con last year and finished at 18th. Um, this store champ season, I was playing Blue Sun. Uh, just exclusively Blue Sun. I won three store champs with it, and top forward at least, I'd say, five or six others. Uh, Of all the store champs I went to, I failed to get top four once when I got fifth. 
on strength of schedule, and that was very sad. Uh, I also went to Worlds 2016. I brought Blue Sun with uh, your guys' Australian Wizard deck. Uh, sadly, as I threw it together the night before, I was not very practiced, and it only did average for me. So while I made day two, I was unable to go much higher than that, even with a very successful Blue Sun record on the day. Uh, and then this regional season, the first tournament I went to uh, it wasn't that great. I made a horrible meta call in what I brought runner-wise. I brought DLR Andromeda uh, with the whole tag yourself, then ditch it with Citadel Sanctuary. Uh, I won a store champ at the start of the season with DLR Sunny based off the same idea, and I decided I'd bring it again and promptly face a ton of decks running scarcity of resources and that did not go well but following up the rest of this regional season uh, I've kind of departed from Wayland simply because of the mass import of employee strike to deal with decks such as Agonfusion and HB Moons and Blue Sun just struggles heavily against Triple Employee Strike, as well as many decks are running Recursion for it. Uh, and I have actually gone to Industrial Genomics and killed many a people with it. And then I've been on uh, Lock Haley, actually. Through U.S. Nationals, I brought Lock Haley and then to these three regionals. It's done incredibly successfully. The only decks that I have lost to with it at all have been a Cerebral Imaging 7-point uh, deck and then Agonfusion. As it turns out, when you are Faust-based, having to make multiple runs in one turn is just about impossible. But, yeah. U.S. Nationals, I brought Blue Sun. It lost one game the entire tournament. I was top four after day one. I promptly O2'd out, but that's how it goes, you know? Of course, we've all had swings and roundabouts, sort of ups and downs, however you want to put it, in our time, and I know that I'm certainly no stranger to losing. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think the fact that some tournaments don't go well is necessarily a testament to that your meta choices were not necessarily right. We might delve into the specific regionals a bit later on, but do you feel like you might have been unfairly typecast as sort of a Wayland aficionado and who, you know, can't possibly stray from Wayland even when it's not a playable faction? Or do you think that that is more accurate than not? I mean, I, I have kind of put that on myself. Uh as I have played Wayland through thick and thin, you know, it, Cipher was at the height of its popularity this Storchamp season, and I still brought Blue Sun to it. Um, I, Wayland is my faction of choice simply because when I started Netrunner with just corsets, I liked the impact of Scorched Earth and the ability to go, and you die. And I win the game, and I've always liked big flashy plays like that. Um, the ability to just have the entire game turn on one moment. And that's kind of why I've been drawn to Wayland. 
Uh, I also just really enjoy playing challenging decks, which I could always go and play NVN, and, you know, no offense to those of you who do play it, I love all of you, but to me, scoring breaking news twice and then playing 24-7 and boom is just not very interesting to myself. So I've always enjoyed the challenge of having to do it the quote-unquote fair way and stick you with a bunch of tags. Um, mm -hmm. The um, fairness of which will be hotly debated, I suspect. Yeah. But I feel like Scorched Earth is one of those cards, and there are lots of cards like that, especially in the core set, that really cause a reaction when you see them, not just from the side of the corp but even as the runner i think um we've all had situations learning the game especially if you started playing relatively early in the game's existence when you are more likely to have to start playing and start entering tournaments with just the core set or just the core set and a few other packs where scorched earth just ruled um not necessarily tournaments for the whole length of it, its existence up until now, definitely not, but it's been present in the game the whole time and it's sort of been Wayland's signature card and for its whole existence, it's defined games against Wayland. Yeah, uh, I'd say that's very true and it's what drew me to it. I've always been kind of a controlling player and the ability to say you screwed up, lose the game, is what I've enjoyed. Would you say your switch, as you alluded to before, from away from Wayland and to um, Jinteki for this tournament season has been a, a big step to do that? Yeah. You know, uh, I'm not going to claim it was entirely intentional. After US Nationals, I kind of took a break. Uh, I saw the Euro results somebody made did very successfully with Jinteki with Moon in it. And I decided to play it for fun. It was called Moon 44. It got ninth, And then I just wasn't practiced with anything else. And while well, I wasn't particularly planning on go to the Toronto Regional, as it is about a five and a half hour drive, uh, I got invited to it and decided, eh, why not? I'll go. But this was the only deck I had practiced with, so I brought it with me, and it did so successfully I decided to keep bringing it. Believe me, if there were a Wayland deck I considered viable right now, I'd switch back to it in a heartbeat. But I think Wayland's only viable strategies at the moment are more of the fast advance variety, and that's just not why I fell in love with Wayland. And... Industrial Genomics has always been a deck that I've had a soft spot for. Back when it first came out, I was playing it as like, I'm going to put out Sundews and just make them annoying to trash, and maybe I'll kill you with like Double Ronin or something, and I had a lot of fun with that, and you know, it was not good, believe me, I'm not going to say that. Uh, but I had fun with it, and it's just always been an identity that I've kept my eye on. Uh, and honestly, I think currently with Estelle Moon in there and the Friends in High Places, that the deck is at least a tier 1.5, if not tier 1. And a lot of the hate people are putting in to deal with other stuff just doesn't deal with it very well. 
Yeah, so it was definitely a choice made, not simply because you wanted to get away from Wayland, but just because it sort of fell into place, you would say. Yeah. Um, that, that's very accurate. So as a bit of an aside, uh, a few days ago I went th- looking through my Netrunner DB archives and I found an industrial genomics deck from, I want to say, just after Faust, or maybe like three to six months after the release of Faust, I would guess, that didn't have any way to kill the, like any real way to kill the runner, no snare, mm-hmm. no fiddle AI no psychic field, nothing like that. <laughs> you just wanted to draw a lot of cards, make your mental health clinics and your pad campaigns and stuff really difficult to trash, and eventually build a Caprice mega server. So I would agree with your soft spot for that sort of play style more than necessarily trying to use it to set up a, a bioethics lock or, or whatever, right? Yeah, my deck now is bioethics lock, yeah, Feel free to hate me for that. I, plenty of people hate that deck. I completely understand that. Uh, but for me, at least I'm still playing kill over here, okay? that That's what's important to me. Uh-huh. H- hate the game, not the player. But yeah, so I just wanted to maybe take a step back and look at your tournament season as a whole. So you said that... You played four so far, one didn't go so well, and then you had three top eights, is that right? Correct. In terms of regionals, and with uh, US Nats sprinkled in there? Yes. First of all, it sounds extraordinary living uh, in a place where you can consistently go to four regionals. Was it difficult to get to them? Uh, I mean... Toronto was about a five to five and a half hour drive each way, and Louisville was about the same. But I I don't consider that too much of a drive. Um, you know, it's a long drive, and I know that for, like, especially the European and possibly Australia, I'm not exactly sure there, that that's an insanely long drive. No, that's uh, you couldn't get anywhere in five and a half hours. Couldn't get to a single other regionals. But I suppose that's not so bad. Yeah, I mean, that, maybe I am just in a lucky spot then. I don't know, but I, uh, you know, it was what I wanted to go to. And a, a lot of people in my area are very dedicated to this game competitively. Um, one of the guys that I went to, to these tournaments with uh, he did make top 8 at two of them as well so like people in my area are dedicated to playing this game at tournament level uh, which I consider very lucky to have because I know a lot of areas have kind of fallen off um, so if it was just me going I don't know if I'd make the five and a half hour drives to go to all of these but having people to go with made it a fun experience to do Definitely, and I think that's something that has come true time and time again, that really playing in tournaments is about the people, and more than any other factor. Yeah, and I also have fun. I get to see people who I haven't seen in a while. I got to see, you know, Dean Tran. I get to meet up with Eric Caioli and Josh Wilson and talk to them, and I haven't seen them in a while, so that's always fun as well. 
Yeah, of course. So, when you decided to play your first regionals, you said you played a DLR and it didn't turn out to be the right meta call. Not at all. Um, what happened after that that made you switch to the decks that you did? Like, was it the kind of thing where you thought, this is what the meta is now and so I can't play the decks that I thought would have been a good choice? Or... Based on the results of this tournament, I think that the metagame will shift or a more regional thing or what sort of impacted your decisions there? So for U.S. Nationals, I decided to bring Locke Haley because it had, it seemed like it was a very successful deck. Uh, it was actually uh, very popular at the Chicago Regional where I got completely scrubbed out. And I thought that it had a really strong game against Moon, which I expected to be incredibly prevalent. I made some changes to it that I still stand by, uh, some of them, compared to what it is. And I don't actually see the changes very much elsewhere, and I'm a bit surprised. Uh, such as putting in a Mad Dash has done very well for me. Um, but that deck then... When I faced off against Moons and Food Coats, it did very successfully for me. Um, it lost no games day one of U.S. Nationals, and then... Well, that's not true. It lost to CI7. That deck has no game against CI7 at all. And then in the top 16 cut, it lost once again to CI7. The deck can have game against CI7. My version just did not, by the way. that Let me clarify that. Then, I, I brought Blue Sun to that tournament, and it did incredibly well. It lost no games day one, including being on stream, uh, which was very cool to be managed to be on stream, uh, killing, like, Temujin Wizard uh, very quickly as well. Then day two, I got put against an Apocalypse Ayla that... I thought I knew what they were doing, but their strategy was different. They had a slightly different deck than uh, the winner Joseki's version, which I had seen previously and beaten. And I was just not quite expecting their game plan, and it turns out I run no Chrysium Grids as my Blue Sun, and that makes it very hard to deal with Apocalypse. Um, I was still very much on plan Blue Sun at that time. But... Then, as the meta changed, and things with a lot of employee strikes became more popular again, I kind of just played industrial genomics for the first regional, because that's what I had practiced. Um, and I just stuck with it because I didn't see a way for Blue Sun to be viable after looking at all these decks that were winning. You know, there was Cipher, there was Triple Employee Strike, it, it was just not a pretty environment for Wayland. As for Runner, um, I thought about bringing other decks. I considered if I wanted to bring Wizard. I considered if I wanted to bring, like, Criminals. And I decided that uh, Locke Haley, for pretty much dropping off the radar as far as anyone else was concerned, against the majority of the field, it had still a very, very strong game plan. You know, I played that deck against 
many HBs, many different Gentekis. I played it against NBNs. I played it against a few Waylands. And the only deck I lost to, and this is true through the entire regional season with it, uh, again, was CI7 and Aginfusion. And I was hedging my bets on CI7 just not being that popular because despite the deck being insanely powerful, uh, people just haven't been playing it. Yeah, it is very difficult, especially when you're not used to the particular play patterns because it's a lot different to any other, I think, commonly played deck in Netrunner, I would say. Yeah, and it is also a deck that in the meta of triple employee strike can struggle. And as for Aginfusion, I kind of convinced myself that I could beat it if I just, like, played it a little differently, as well as uh, I kind of went the tried-and-true method of if I don't play against it, then I don't have to worry about it. Just the dodging strategy. <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful strategy. It works 100% of the time when you don't play against it. Uh, sadly, I managed—I never managed to not play against it. Um, but during Swiss, the deck did amazingly. Uh, it carried me through most of the top cut until I... Two weeks in a row, I lost my first game as Industrial Genomics... Uh, both times I would say it was all on, all on me. My opponents played it very well, but I made horrible misplays, like blatantly awful, such as them being at five points, me installing a chairman hero and not overriding it when I had the option. Uh, then he just went and checked it and won the game, and that, that was just bad on me. Um, or the other game, which was on stream for the Toronto Regionals, I just... I went and got into Stell Moon with a tech startup and then didn't install anything and promptly lost indexing. Uh, when I could have just gotten Jackson Howard or something and actually, like, overdrawn and made it harder to trash my stuff. I just horribly misplayed it. Uh, but then uh, Locke Haley managed to carry me all the way up to the Losers Finals um, with uh, IG playing less games as it had already played. Uh, and then... Probably losing to Aginfusion both weeks. Uh, both games streamed as well. Um, both to Eric Kaioli's uh, very interesting, like, tag-focused Aginfusion, and to the more standard Big Ice make things hard to break into Aginfusion. Um, the following week was the uh, Louisville Regional. That was uh, the first weekend in August, I believe. Uh, second weekend, the... Uh, no, this is the second weekend in August that we're recording right now. So it was the first weekend in August. Uh, we went down there. Uh, the first day, uh, the Swiss, I actually managed to be Ag Infusion in Swiss. Nice. Yeah, uh, it was a very close game, but I managed to get there. Um, which boosted my confidence. I didn't need to only rely on the tried-and-true method of don't play against it. Um, and then, going into top cut, I won the first game, then got paired against Eric Kaioli, who was on Ag Infusion. I lost that game at time. 
as I just could not... I leg-worked him when he had two agendas in hand, and guess which two cards I missed. Um, so I, that was just painful to do, and I ended up having to go deep into Tag Me, as Lock Haley's economy is not great, and when all of his ice tagged me, it was inevitable that I ended up tagged. Mm-hmm. Uh, that which, makes sense. Which just further losing the Laguna Velasco's and any hope I had at making money in film critics and such, it makes that very difficult. Uh, and then the next round I played against uh, Josh Wilson as Industrial Genomics, and that was also a very close game, but he ended up taking it in the end. Uh, so, my current situation with Locke Haley... Uh, I really like the deck. It is a super control deck, which is my favorite kind of deck. Uh, I think it's super funny that it spends 10 of its influence on two cards. Um, I I just... I find it interesting that that kind of deck is viable in the current meta. But as of about 5 or 6 days ago now... Dave Hoyland won a regional with his Hydra Agonfusion deck and posted it up. It is currently the deck list of the week. Shout out to Dave. Yeah. If I struggled with Agonfusion before, Agonfusion with IT Department and Blacklist and Contract Killer, I have no plan against that at all. Long time listeners of the winning agenda might know that IT department is in fact my favorite card so as soon as Dave won he posted in our group that he had successfully won originals with IT department and I was over the moon so I'm very happy to hear this deck is not only good but also um seems to now have become popular yeah Uh, I think it is a very very cool deck uh, I really like the deck. Uh, I think it's a genius idea that he's come up with it. I just hate it as it completely destroys everything I've been practicing. Um, and my plan for dealing with it, the deck I'm currently leaning towards bringing to Gen Con, which is one week from now, uh, is Parasifer Wiz. Simply because it turns out Agonfusion can res all the big ice it wants, if it just immediately dies, uh, then it doesn't matter. And uh, Parasifer Wiz has been doing very successfully as well. Eric Caioli took his regional with it. Uh, multiple regionals were won with it. Uh, if you look at the deck, the current popular decks, you know you've got Broken Cards Wiz and all these decks that are very similar that are Parasite and Sifter. So, I I am I have not been on Wizard for a long time. After Worlds, I actually tore my Wizard into little pieces because I was so tired of playing him. Uh, but it may be time to take those pieces out and put them in a sleeve. Are you going to use some tape or uh, I actually figured that maybe I would use the pieces as his recurring credits and just flip them over as I use them. Wow. My wizard does not deserve to be in one piece again in my collection, okay? <laughs> well, I... we'll see um, what happens with that come uh, rotation, I suppose. Maybe yeah. you can enact a, a boom and 
go viral on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. We'll see. Um, but that is my current plan. Uh, so we'll see how successful it is. Maybe at the last moment, as I almost always do, I'll decide to bring something completely different. Runner's side, I've never decided. I hadn't even decided to really bring Locke Haley until I was on the plane flight out to U.S. Nationals. Hopefully it works well. The uh, Another deck I'm leaning towards is, like, Obelisk Tag Me type, uh counter-surveillance, but I also think that that very much struggles to Ag-Infusion. Yeah, I think that definitely that Ag-Infusion deck is very strong, but the meta's in a bit of flux at the moment because of just how much each new tournament seems to bring out something new. Like, maybe that's just my experience because we're on the other side of the world and it's sort of easy to get a distorted view from the internet because of how magnifying things like NetRunDB deck of the week or just Slack chat in general can be but definitely seems like after every big tournament the internet focuses on one hyper focuses on one deck yeah and going to all these regionals I'm glad that that's not fully been the case I've actually seen an extremely diverse meta all these regionals uh I've seen every faction represented and I don't I believe the only faction that I have yet to see crack top 8 is Wayland but I know from uh, browsing NetrunnerDB that some Waylands have cracked top 8 at regionals so good on those people I'm glad you're making it work I just wish I was confident enough to do it myself would you say that your metagame decisions over the course of the season in general because you've gotten to play so many tournaments by now mm-hmm. would you say that they've been different that you change you've been changing week to week like because you said that you're not sure until you get on even the plane what decks you want to bring which i'm sure we've all had that experience but how do you decide when you're going to a new place that you haven't necessarily been to before and that you might not know what decks or what the metagame is going to be like there, what factors allow you to venture out into the great unknown? I mean, it's hard to say for sure. I'm not going to say that every decision I make is like fully thought through and that I sit down and have like a four-hour think session or anything. I wish I could claim that, but part of it is... I just go for what looks fun for part of it. Um, I kind of hedge my bets on what I think will be there, mm-hmm. as well as, like, base... You know, I've made changes to each of these decks every week, even though they're the same idea. I make changes to try to adapt to what I think the metagame will be, or I'll try a card and not like the way it works out, things like that. Um... I, part of it is when I'm traveling, I talk to the people I'm going with a lot and discuss with them what I think the metagame will be. Uh, I also talk to uh, you guys sometimes about things and discuss decks. Uh, and you could too, listeners, if you became a Patreon supporter of The Winning Agenda. 
Wow, we're, it's like we have some pyramid scheme going. We've gotten our patrons to recruit each other. Now, we're just the shadowy puppet overlords. Is that a bad thing? Isn't that all Netrunner is? It's just shadow puppet overlords <laughs> ruling the world? Well, it depends who you listen to. <laughs> so, that's kind of where I've come from. Uh, part of it is just that like, I'll play a tournament, uh, it's a lot of Netrunner, playing three regionals in a row is a lot of Netrunner, like, because these were back-to-back-to-back, uh, three weeks in a row, Mm -hmm. and especially when you drive for four hours to get somewhere, play a tournament, then drive for four hours back, uh, sometimes I just don't feel like touching Netrunner cards for, like, the week after, and then it comes to Friday, and I'm just like, this did well enough the week before, I'll bring it again. So, I'm not going to claim every decision I make is the most well thought through. But, you know, I do put thought into it. For, like, corp-wise, it's kind of come down to, I want to kill people and I don't enjoy playing NBN. So, this industrial genomics deck is probably my best bet for it. Um, you know, NBN's in kind of a weird spot right now where... It's not the most competitive uh, faction, which I think is a good thing, honestly, uh, simply because NBN has been the top dog for so long. Uh, It's nice to give other corporations their time in the sun. I wish it was Wayland's time in the sun, but not a single card that's come out uh, since Terminal Directive has supported Kill Wayland at all. So that makes me sad. That's the main driving reason behind me bringing the IG deck, is the desire to just kill people. Um, then runner-wise, again, I've made changes to try to adopt, like, I think this card will help me beat Ag Infusion. You know, I put Cotty Jones in there to try to give me more reliable economy so I can actually use my other breakers to try to break in, because I just can't do it with Faust alone. Um, things like that, it's, it's, again, I'm not going to claim it's all well thought out, but it's how I do it, at least. Mm. And it seems to have had some success, so, you know, being the good empiricists that we are, we think that if something's worked before, it'll probably work in the in the future, and that's sort of the advice that we try and give, so I feel like it's good to hear the opinions of other people who have been successful, even if you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the be-all and end-all of how to win at Netrunner. Yeah. The, if people are looking to do well at tournaments, the advice I would give you, go find decks that did well and practice them a lot. Uh-huh. And speaking of practice, do you think that you play more on Junteki or do you play more in real life? I play more in person than I do on Junteki. Uh simply because I have dedicated time when I go and play in person. You know, Monday nights is my local Netrunner meetup, so I always go there, uh, and I see about going to other nights as well. And with Junteki.net, I just don't necessarily always have the time for playing on it. Uh, I try to squeeze in a few games here and there, but I also feel that I can never rely on my game results being the best on there. You know, when I'm playing in the competitive lobby is Blue Sun, and I have Wizard, Click 4, Siphon Me, 
floating two tags, uh, with no way to survive meat damage. Uh, those are the kind of games where I always wonder, how viable are the results I'm getting here? You know, it, if I played Industrial Genomics playing on there, I think I have like a 95% win rate with it. Like, those are the kind of results I'm looking for with a deck to be able to say that, like, this is a good deck um, when playing online. I, I try to find the people who I know are good at it and everything. I try to find, like, play against Spags, play against Rafael Nishimura is a guy who's was from my local meta. I know he's good. I play against him on there, things like that. Shout out to him, by the way. So it's... That's the main reason I don't always play on there. I certainly enjoy playing on Jinteki.net. It makes everything way smoother than playing in person. Being able to just click a button and things happen. If only it was that easy in real life to just freaking shuffle all my cards every turn. That's the main reason. That's a perfectly good reason, I think. I know that spending time to play Netrunner and kind of managing the time that you have to play Netrunner is one of the main issues with trying to get good practice for a tournament like you know you don't want to play too early before the meta has been settled but you don't want to leave it till too late when you won't have enough time to play the decks that you want to play and just there are so many factors to do with time I think that influence good playtesting and I think that could even be another episode by itself yeah you know, I, I try to do, like, the gauntlet that you guys have put out there where I'll play with people um, and be like, okay, these are the runner decks that are popular, these are the corp decks that are popular, uh, let's test against these. You know, I do that in person um, because even the people who aren't going to all the tournaments in my meta, like, they understand that a lot of us uh, do, so they'll bring all these decks for people to test against and... I always really enjoy that, and thanks to all of them. So, I do feel like I get a nice competitive level of testing with that. Especially with Jinteki.net, you never know what you're going to play against. You know, no offense to people who are just testing their decks and want to play competitively. Believe me, I've played Blusa in the competitive lobby a lot, and I'm sure a lot of people are like, Who's playing Blusa? Get out of the competitive lobby! So, like, I completely understand, like, where they're coming from, but... You know, I don't necessarily want to be practicing against Kit three times in a row. And, you know, I don't want to go and practice against a Scorpios deck when I'm trying to practice for Gen Con because chances I face Scorpios or Kit are just really low. I also already know that Industrial Genomics crushes Kit. At, she has no hope or prayer against that deck. And sorry, Kit players, but I include Feedback Filter and 3 Magnum Opus. In terms of the feedback filter thing, well, now even criminals have feedback filter, but on the gauntlet topic, I feel like it's become a bit harder recently-ish just because a lot of times I feel like decks are more complicated now or complex now than they used to be and there are more decisions you have to make in every game and it feels like if you're just trying to play every deck against every other deck, you really need to find people who know the intricacies of the deck in and out in order to get good testing and like that's something that Jinteki helps somewhat because you can find people who don't necessarily have a preference for any one deck like there are lots of people who play on Jinteki that just have lots of decks saved and will just play whatever just because it's much easier to build decks and much easier to play a wide range of decks than in real life but then again it's also if you just play random games like games in the competitive lobby for example 
you don't really know what sort of opponent you're going to get, as you say. You might get someone who is just starting out with a deck and doesn't really know, or you might get someone who's played the same deck hours upon hours for the last week in preparation for a tournament, and there's not really a good way to distinguish one from the other when you're playing against them, so I feel like it might muddle up your conclusions a little bit. Have you ever thought of that as being a problem, or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, it it definitely is, uh, because... I do feel very much that decks nowadays are much more complicated than they ever used to be because we have the critical mass of the most cards there have ever been and the difference between installing one more card before using your Estelle Moon and not can make all the difference, you know. That is one of the reasons it's really hard to get practice nowadays, in my opinion, and why I've been trying to go to all these tournaments because then I'm playing against people who have played their decks a lot it's probably the best practice for Gen Con that I have. And speaking of Gen Con, how are you feeling about that? And what are you expecting to see maybe on the Corp and the Runner side? Uh, I mean, I am expecting that the dominant Corp decks are going to be HB Moons and Agonfusion. Those are what I am planning most of my tech against and what I am planning to face. Uh, I've thought about if there's a way to get Lock Haley to have a favorable matchup against Ag Infusion because I think it has such a strong Moons matchup, but I have not been able to come up with one, uh, which is why I'm leaning more towards a Wizard-type deck, which, while it has a weaker Moons matchup, in my opinion, is still perfectly viable at dealing with Moons and ha- can have a real game versus... Uh, Ag Infusion. Runner-wise, it's a lot harder to say what is going to be popular. I know that Andromeda will be, uh, because we've seen Andromeda have fairly good results throughout this tournament season. Even if it's not the most popular runner right now, uh, it's still been doing very well. I know that Josh Wilson has been playing it very successfully, including his Oops Andy deck at Cleveland where he just forgot to put in the third employee strike. Anybody who wants to do well, just following Josh's decks is a great way to do it. Then I expect to see a lot of wizard in both Temujin, Siphon Recursion, and Cipher. I expect Cipher will probably be the least popular variant, simply because so many people still have a bad taste in their mouth of Cipher. Even though it may be one of the better variants, people will just want to avoid it. I expect to see some variety of Shapers, but Shaper is not what I'm going to be building my game plan around, simply because I feel that most people are off of Shaper at the moment. Those are mainly what I'm planning for. I don't expect to see a ton of other Anarchs. There may be some max decks around with the like DLR engine or the Mars for Martians counter surveillance engine, but it turns out that when all of your agendas hurt to steal, it's already pretty hard for counter surveillance to do much. And uh, DLR, I just feel, is a little slow to deal with industrial genomics and it runs through its deck so quickly that getting a bioethics lock up very much hurts them. Another corp deck I expect to see around a little bit and I expect it's better than people think is Potential Unleashed. It will be held back a little bit by the fact that Employee Strike is everywhere but I think PU is strong right now and CI7 will be there in some variety or another. It always is 
Uh, this will be the last tournament for CI7, so I expect to see a hoorah of it. At least the last one here in the United States. So I think that sort of mirrors my thoughts in terms of the metagame. We have Australian Nats coming up too, which is the week after Gen Con, so I sort of expect that the metagame for Gen Con will stay fairly constant um, until Australian Nationals, and what comes out of Gen Con will strongly influence what people play in Australian Nationals, which I am sort of still muddling through now, and I won't reveal my secrets just yet, but we will have many episodes afterwards to talk about it. Um, what, in terms of Gen Con, are you planning to do anything else while you're there? Uh, I am. I am going to be playing Star Wars Destiny, uh, which is the newest game by uh, FFG. Uh, it's a dice and card game based game. It's fun. I do not enjoy it as much as Netrunner, but uh, playing a Star Wars game is not that bad of a thing in my opinion, seeing as it is the opposite season of Netrunner. So, currently it is in Store Champ season, uh, so I've been kind of filling in my off weeks of Netrunner tournaments uh, by playing Destiny. Uh, I'll see about playing L5R. I'm not signed up for any events at the moment, and I'm having a real hard time hyping myself up for it, uh, simply because my faction, the Spider, no longer exists in the game, as they rewound time to before they existed. Other than that, I just plan on basically hanging out at Gen Con, seeing, you know, going around all the dealer halls, hanging out with people is, you know people from all over the United States and even from all over the world come out to it, so it's always nice meeting up with people there and talking to people that I don't get to see, generally having a good time. Yeah, that sounds great, and I hope you will keep us all informed as to your results at Gen Con, and I hope you do excellently. I certainly will. At least keep you informed. I can't promise I'll do excellently, but that is the plan. Uh, and if you wish to stay up to date on my results at Gen Con, just become a Patreon supporter, because I'll be posting on the Facebook page. Of course. So that's all we have time for tonight on the Winnie Agenda. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so at our Facebook page, which is the Winnie Agenda. You can tweet us at Winnie Agenda. You can email us, thewinningagenda at gmail.com, or as Max segue-liciously pointed out you can become a patreon supporter and get access to a very secret facebook group so secret we talk about it every week and share your thoughts there so until next time i hope everyone has a lovely day and good night good night